The Legal Corner Podcast Series. Welcome to today's episode of The Legal Corner, a podcast which covers a variety of legal issues to keep you informed. Hosted by attorney at law Colin Dinoon and communication specialist Leonardo Torres. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Legal Corner podcast series. I am your host, Colin Dinoon, attorney at law. And surprise, surprise, my co-host, Mr. Leonardo Torres, is with me today. How are you, Leonardo? Good day to you. Good day to you too, Colin. Colin, I'm very, very happy to be here for this episode, a very important one. I feel like I have, um, I, I was missed, but it's good to be yeah. back. Yeah, well, I, I miss you and the audience certainly missed you. You know, you always bring a nice dynamic to the podcast, so I'm happy that you are here today. Hopefully my schedule will be a little more regular now. Okay, excellent. Now, today's, in today's episode, we'll be looking at preventing human trafficking. According to the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, human trafficking is the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or receipt of persons through force, fraud, or deception with the aim of exploiting them for profit. Each year, the U.S. Department of State issues a Trafficking in Persons report, which analyzes the situation in each state as it relates to the efforts being made to combat human trafficking. Trinidad Tobago is currently on the Tier 2 watch list due to certain deficiencies that have been identified, chief among them being the failure to convict anyone to date under the Trafficking in Persons Act, Chapter 1210. Now, joining us on the show today to provide some perspective on this topic is Corporal Dawn Hector. Just to tell you a bit about her, Dawn Hector has 21 years law enforcement experience in the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service. She's an experienced investigator and trainer in trafficking in persons, both regionally and nationally, for over nine years. She was instrumental in the operational development of the Counter-Trafficking Unit of Trinidad and Tobago. Dawn has also assisted with the development of several training materials for human trafficking investigators, including a handbook for investigators in the Caribbean coordinated by IOM. Dawn has extensive international and local experience in the trafficking in persons as a trainer and researcher. She is certified by the International Organization for Migration as a trainer, as a trained trainer for law enforcement investigations. IVLP training for the USC Department and also the Caribbean Regional Drug Law Enforcement Training Center, Jamaica, as an investigator. Good day to you, Dawn, and welcome to the Legal Corner. Thank you, Colin, and thank you, Leonardo, for having me on the Legal Corner. Glad to be here and to help persons in society understand more and assist persons of human trafficking. Lovely. I want you to tell us uh, how prevalent is human trafficking in the Caribbean region. 
well, as you indicated earlier, the Palermo Protocol and you, I like the breakdown. So I like how you explained it, that there are five things that systems look for, five elements in the third part, which is the recruitment, the harboring, the receipt, the transfer, the transporting of persons. So human trafficking, also called modern-day slavery, is a crime against human rights abuse. And human trafficking has been prevalent or is prevalent in the Caribbean. There have been reported cases in several Caribbean countries, such as Jamaica, Guyana, St. Vincent, Antigua, Barbados, and right here in Trinidad and Tobago. All right. Excellent. I want us to zone in now on home. Uh, tell us about how prevalent it is in our society here in Trinidad and Tobago. It is very prevalent in Trinidad and Tobago. What would have happened is trafficking, human trafficking, the um, legislation was only proclaimed in 2011, giving us legislation from 2013 where we would have had our first human trafficking cases. So from 2013 to 2022, we have had numerous cases of human trafficking. We have had for several different we have for sexual exploitation, we have had for forced labor, we have had for domestic servitude, but the prevalent one is more sex trafficking. We have also had cases here where it was not only limited to females, but we also have four males and minors. So human trafficking does not discriminate. Okay, Ms. Sector, um, can you talk to us a bit about... Um... Who are most likely to be the victims of human trafficking? So anyone can be a victim. There is no set criteria. Victims can be any age, gender, nationality, ethnicity, social status, economic background, or their immigration status. We can have victims who are female or male, adult or child, foreign nationals, or citizens of Trinidad and Tobago. And what we have seen here in Trinidad and Tobago is more Venezuelan, but we have had, sorry, more Latin America. With the influx now of the economic crisis in Venezuela, we have had now that nationality being more prevalent. But we have had Trinidad females, we have had males from various countries, males being exploited, and we have females, both adults and minor, and males, we also have both adults and the minor males being trafficked here to Trinidad and Tobago. All right. Can you talk to us a bit about the penalties in place to combat human trafficking? So the penalty for adult trafficking is $500,000 or a severe imprisonment of 25 years. And for minors, it's a million dollars or life imprisonment. So the Penalties are very stiff and have the lawmakers have really done some work to try to purge human trafficking here in Trinidad and Tobago. Okay, so um, it is a popular um, thing to note in the media when there is an uptick or a decrease in any sort of crime. But um, since we have had the proclamation of this um, law of human trafficking, as well as those stiff penalties that you have made mention of, have you noticed or persons within your unit notice any decrease or increase in human trafficking cases? Well, what would have happened is I would have had 
worked at the Immigration Investigation Department from 2008 to prior to 2013 to 2013. And there, what we would have had, because no legislation was in place, we could have only deal with the human trafficking cases per se, summarily, because there wasn't legislation. So I could have charged for, or law enforcement could have charged for false imprisonment or various different other forms, but not human trafficking. With the advent of the or the birth of the legislation in 2013, then we could now charge for human trafficking along with the akin offenses. So it wouldn't be that I just charge you for human trafficking. You can also be charged for the rape, the assault, everything go and not just separate offenses. It, it all comes together as a nice baking of a cake. Um, from then to now, I can't say a decrease because from giving birth officers to the counter trafficking unit, Cases have increased, and with anything or any country economic struggles, persons migrate to one country. So to digress a bit, Ukraine and Russia has a war. And if you listen or to follow international news, persons are now exploiting Ukrainian, Ukrainian nationals, because they've flocked to that country or whatever for a better health to get away from the war. So any... Um, economic or any situation will advance persons to come to our country and we have been having that in Trinidad and Tobago for our past number of years where we have an influx of Venezuelans coming into the country. Okay, Mr. Sector, I want you to talk to us a bit in terms of the methodology that is used for formulating the trafficking and persons report. How do they go about getting the information to be able to do these different reports every year? But they are the sole, they are the sole responsibility or whole for that, the U.S. State Department. So they have their checks and balances that they put in place. I wouldn't be able to speak to what they, or how they go about it. I know that we are currently on a tier two watch list and uh, we need to up our game. It was done for a number of reasons in the sense that how they grade us and not by what we would be doing. So the U.S. State Department, they have their checks and balances with how they grade and what they specifically look for for their grading. Because, I mean, as teachers, you may look and, and give me one plus one is two. Maybe I didn't do the working, so you give me a mark. And Mr. Torres now say, well, okay, I had the answer, and you could see I made an effort. So, okay, give her the full mark. So it's, I can't speak to how they would do now, Ms. Sector, just piggybacking off of Colin's questions. Now, you would have mentioned that we are on the tier two watch list, right? Watch list. Um, if by chance we don't get our act together, so let's look at the worst case scenario, because if we do get our act together, it, it speaks to a better society in terms of not just crime prevention, but enforcement and... Um, you know, just the, the legal um, part of it in terms of prosecution, right? So then persons can deter from it and it, it speaks to a better society. But if we don't get our act together, what would be the ramification of such? The U.S., I'm not sure of the sanctions penalty because that, that it wouldn't be, that would go to the minister and the PS and so it wouldn't come to us as law enforcement officers because we are the investigators. So I know that there would be stringent sanctions in place, or what those sanctions are, I would be unable to see. 
Okay, at this point, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back and thank you for remaining with us. Um, Mr. Sector, you were giving us some information in terms of the, the sanctions and so on based on Leonardo's question. And I want you to talk to us a bit now in terms of the Venezuelan migrants because I know you would have alluded to their presence here. What direct linkage have you seen between the presence of Venezuelan migrants in our country and human trafficking? Venezuelan nationals have always been visiting our shores, both legally and illegally, for many years. We have trade businesses, so they would come in. I think we had a prominent oil and gas, and they would have come upon the shores. Their mass arrival over the years and their circumstances currently have contributed to their arrival. I will say had an influence on a number of them becoming trafficking victims. However, I think the demand for Latin for Latinas and the greed by a scrupulous person in the market here who prey on vulnerable individuals is what has contributed to the level of human trafficking now in our country with the Venezuelan national for, for uh, minuscule labor to almost every supermarket you go to because they're willing to accept the menial wager below the minimum wage there, which is wrong. Yes, they're in their situation, but don't exploit them. All right, Ms. Sector. Now, to the listener out there who would be hearing our podcast today and thinking to themselves, you know, how can what can I do to assist? How can I help my country or how can I help the victims? Um, from your point of view, at, uh, from the law enforcement angle that you attack this problem from, can you advise members of the public what they can do to assist the fight against human trafficking? Yes, I love that. The public can assist greatly by learning about what is human trafficking and what signs that they need to look for to identify. Most importantly to me, and I would have been, I would have to say, uh, guilty of it before going to immigration. Most persons stigmatize Latin America prior to the economic situation and the influx of them. And they will just look at them as a sex worker or maybe for labor. So we need to stop doing that. We need to educate ourselves as to what signs to look for when persons are going about their daily tasks. So I'm asking the public when they go to Pennywise to shop, to look, I mean, the average person, if you take me as your wife to the grocery to shop, you may hold the basket and you walk through the aisles and watch me for hours pick my dead vet. But to the trafficking victims, they hustle them, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. You know, they, they cannot take the time to pick and maybe compare the prices or somebody's doing the picking, picking off the stuff, taking the stuff off the shelf and just putting in a basket. They're hustling them in. 
when we go to the money remittance places, Western Union, someone is always there with them because most of them have families back home that they want to send financial support so that they could also survive there. So it's to monitor when they are at these locations, these public locations, that they have a bodyguard. They're not free like you and I to move around, take our time, walk through the eyes. No, I want this. No, I don't want this. They, they, they always have a bodyguard and hustling them. So it's to look at that. And when they see those things, even though they think that it may be just an angry husband and she's taking too long, we have what we have. The CTU has a hotline, the counter trafficking unit, Ministry of National Security, a, a toll-free hotline. It's also anonymous. I'll ask them to call 800-4288, which is 800-4CTU. If they don't want to call because they feel like they may be monitored, we have Instagram pages, we have Facebook, we have Twitter accounts that they can report or say what they want. Everything is anonymous. Well, the hotline is anonymous and we will work on it. Somebody will answer the hotline 24-07. So you can call 1 a.m. when you're driving off from work late at night and you see something, call and say something and report it. Don't leave it to chance because you don't know what it would be and it would be saving someone's life. And what about um, the younger ones? Because we, we, the examples that you gave there, which I, I, would, I, I must say are very relatable examples. There are things that I've heard there that when you really think about it, it makes a lot of sense, right? But can you talk about uh, maybe the younger ones? What may be some of those signs that we can look for um, that way we can identify. You gave us the hotline number. Thank you so much for that. But um, what can we look for for the younger ones? I would advise as adults, parents, guardians to monitor their social media accounts. Stand up over them and see. If it's something wrong, I'm just saying. So if I am standing up over you, okay, mommy, or okay, daddy, I'm doing homework, or okay, granny, I'm doing homework. But when I come now, you're pulling down the laptop screen, or you're turning the screen, or you're turning the phone. Monitor them because cyber, um, human trafficking now, they, they have elevated the game. So a long time, let me just digress again. Long time, we would have not had so many murders. We may have had certain secret animals and stealing your clothes off the lines and those kind of things. But it wasn't for, for gain. It might have been because I'm vexed with you or just to tease your animals, to cook it, to bust a cook. Or, but now crime has evolved. And with technology... Because when cell phones started, it was the Nokia 8310 and the Motorola and now technology and we have cyber. So I would ask parents, guardians, aunts, uncles, older siblings, monitor the teenagers between that 13 to 18 age group, persons who they may think are somebody within their age group that they're communicating with on, on WhatsApp or Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, are persons who are questionable and would need adult intervention and supervision. So I will ask that as adults or caretakers that we be very much vigilant with our children and where they are going. Of course, don't go and meet nobody in public. So, okay, I meet a friend on Facebook, Granny, and um, it's a girl, and we just went by the mall to have ice cream. No. Call. They can call. We can check. Let me know who is John Brown, Jane Doe, and, and check out those names and verify before you send them so that we don't end up with another human trafficking victim. So we're asking persons to prevent it by their also taking 
their precaution and contacting us and supervising. If it, we can't do it alone. We need you all as a public assistant. Thank you so much for that. And it's so true that you said that, um, you know, the police alone can't do everything. The public needs to play a part in their role as it, as it pertains to human trafficking and, of course, crime on a whole. And um, at this point, Ms. Um, Hector, I really want to thank you for your time and your wealth of knowledge on this topic. I also want to applaud you as well for, you know, ju not just for the work that you have done in the different departments and sections that you have worked, but just even taking time from your busy schedule to be with us today to get that message out on more of a virtual platform so that it can reach a different sector of society, a different type of audience. And we really want to thank you for your time again and your wealth of knowledge and so much of your examples. And I'm sure it will be to the benefit of all of our listeners. And we hope in the very near future, when we speak to you again, we would get some better news, hopefully no longer on the watch list. And we can, you know, get better as a society as we tackle this scourge of human trafficking. So again, thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me, and I really want to implore the, uh, the listeners. We do sensitization, so if they need us at a PTA group, they need us at a school group, a church group, a youth group, they just call the hotline or they call the CTU 627-1339. That is to make arrangements if they want us to do sensitization. Church groups, youth groups, get pamphlets, flyers, and they will be assisted um, if they want to report something anonymously. It's 800 for cpu and 24-7, someone will answer this. Lovely. Well, this has brought us to the end of another episode. I just want to say, you know, I am close to the Latin community, having done my studies in, in Spanish and so on. And it really is a sad thing to think what um, some persons are subjected to, right? Uh, just because of their nationality and their economic situation. And it really is my hope that this episode would have shed some light on this uh, dark area in our society and even in other parts of the Caribbean and other parts of the world where we have persons tuning in to us from, right? Human trafficking is indeed a global phenomenon. So i just like to invite you all to check us out on social media we are on Facebook, we are the Legal Corner Podcast Series. On Instagram, we are at the Legal Corner Podcast. And we are also on Patreon, for those of you who are interested in supporting our work. If you enjoyed the show, we'd like to ask you to share it with your friends and family. Feel free to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. We'd also love it if you subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss any of our future episodes. Special thanks to the members of our promotional team who are helping us to get our message out. Bye for now and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Legal Corner podcast series. For more information, please visit us at our Facebook or Instagram pages or send your comments to thelegalcornerpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.